Welcome to the documentary on one from RTE. Until October 2019, Margaret Tynan was a healthy, active woman in her 70s, a loving wife, mother and grandmother. Then she began experiencing pain in her neck and a growing stiffness in her right hand. A few months later, her daughter began to record what was happening. And a word of caution, there are themes and scenes in this documentary that listeners may find upsetting. This is I'll Send You Butterflies. The relationship between a grandparent and grandchild can be really special. First crush. First crush. When you're on holiday. This is my mother, Margaret. She's 76 and she's being interviewed by my eight-year-old daughter, Avian, who has borrowed my recorder. There were these brothers and they used to keep walking past us and they never spoke and we never spoke. So that was your first crush? That was my first crush. This conversation is special because at this point we know my mum is very sick. What age were you then? I'd say 14. Okay. I'm Mary Elaine Tynan and I've made a few documentaries before, even one about my father. This is a documentary I never thought I'd make because I never really thought about my mother getting seriously ill. But when she does, we agree that we'll record as much of her life as we can. Okay, let's see. What are you afraid of? Heights, I don't like it enough high. Me too. And I don't like flying because of the height. Born in Belfast in 1943, Margaret Tynan was one of ten children, five boys and five girls. The eldest was Teresa. That's my mum's sister, Marie, talking about when they were young. She had started to work naturally before Margaret and she was able to buy some nice clothes. I love hearing stories about my mother's childhood. This one is about when she used to steal her sister Teresa's clothes from the wardrobe. But in those days, there was old coat hangers. So she got one of the wire coat hangers and she straightened it out. And she wriggled it in and she picked Teresa's best dress and she got it out. (laughs) So she'd done that. My daughter, Avian, she's been asking a lot of questions about her grandma recently. Who's that in the photo? That's grandma and granddad. They're on their honeymoon. She Um, looks so pretty. She does, doesn't she? Yeah, she's beautiful. That was in County Kerry after she met Grandad and they got married. They met in New York. Grandma was living in New York with her sister, Teresa. She was working in this lab where she typed up secret formulas for uh, scientists. Really? Yeah, I know. Isn't that cool? I don't believe it. No, I promise, honestly. And she met Grandad and then they came back to Ireland together, got married, and then they had four children. Richard, the eldest, the twins, Paula and Stephen, and Mary Elaine. Stephen died very suddenly when he was 41. No notice. No time to prepare. It was brutal. That was in 2008. And it was the first major loss in our family. It took us years to come to terms with, if you ever actually do. I got a love of travel from my mother. We've been to almost every continent together and we both love books. 
We spend hours talking about them. And if it's on the whole story of Hawaii, Mary, it's a beautiful. This is a mom a few years ago talking about a book she loves. Um, what do you call your mom? I love him, Mary. He wrote a lot of books. He wrote Czech, Chesapeake, James Lichner. Family is number one to my mom. My dad, her four children, six grandchildren. They all mean the world to her, especially the grandchildren. Even after living in Dublin for 55 years, Margaret has stayed close to Belfast and her family there. The occasion yeah. is it's Phelan and Bridie's 50th wedding anniversary. Have you got any tips for them? This is a video message from a few years ago. Phelan and Bridie, happy anniversary. It's all downhill after the 50th anniversary. <laughs> we get up late, we go to bed early. This is our life. At the age of 76, Margaret had a very busy life. Working as a market researcher, travelling with her husband Dick, volunteering and minding the grandchildren. Then, before Christmas 2019, Margaret experienced pain in her neck. Her right hand became stiff and her lung suddenly collapsed. Hiya. Grand, we have an appointment. Margaret Tynan, T-Y-N-A-N. We find ourselves in a situation of visiting doctors and hospitals and consultants and they're all trying to work out what's happening. It's the 12th of March 2020. Margaret's speaking voice has been getting weaker in the last few months. There's a suggestion the problem may be neurological. So she's been referred to Beaumont Hospital in Dublin and Professor Orla Hardiman. I'm with her a lot and we've agreed I'll record as much as possible. Yeah, so how was your yeah, and it does show it may confirm the diagnosis. So what what does it what, what does it say? It says there's evidence of asymmetric so to be honest, it gets complicated here, but what it means is that my mother has motor neuron disease. The only thing I know about it is from the Ice Bucket Challenge a few years ago. Suggesting a diagnosis of motor. Motor neuron disease is a rare, rapid and fatal condition which attacks the nerves that control movement so the muscles no longer work. It affects gripping, walking, speaking, swallowing and breathing. Eventually, people with motor neuron can't move at all, even though they understand exactly what's going on. So it's like being locked in. Doctors still don't understand how or why someone gets it and there's no cure. And it's rapid. 70% of people die within three years of being diagnosed. Uh, good morning, everyone. I need to speak to you about coronavirus and COVID-19. The day Margaret got her diagnosis, the country was hearing about COVID-19 lockdown. Right, so this is what it says, right? Schools, colleges, facilities will close from tomorrow. What does that mean? In the middle of all this chaos, my mother has just been given a terminal diagnosis. We're all absolutely devastated. In the days and weeks afterwards, I just can't stop crying. And I feel a bit ridiculous. I'm a middle-aged woman with children and I'm crying because my elderly mother's dying. I'd always imagined that by the time you got to a certain age, losing a parent would feel like the natural order of things. But it really doesn't. By early April of 2020, Margaret is more vulnerable, especially to COVID, because motor neuron affects the lungs. 
so the family have to keep a close eye on her. Okay, listen, I'm going to take Grandma for this test. Okay. That's my son, Dunica. He's six and he asks a lot of questions. What if she does have Corona? She has Corona, the doctors will help her. I'm going outside to play. You don't need to worry anyway, okay? Can I kiss you? I almost did that. That's my father, Dick. He's 83. See, I would do that quicker myself. Even simple things are becoming a struggle for Margaret. And Dick is feeling the pressure too. Okay, come here, Mum. I think Dad's right. I think you might need to just take out the other sleeve first. Oh, I do. You're the most stubborn woman. They're getting ready to go to Crow Park. Margaret needs a Covid test. She's been coughing a lot recently. So... Can you lift your arm at all now, Mum? Maybe. Just to alert you about your elbow level. Will you help Mum with the seatbelt? Margaret needs help to get in and out of the car. My mother can only really just about walk now, but she's very shaky. She drove everywhere until recently, but now I'm doing most of the driving. I feel like this is the worst thing we've ever lived through. It is. This is when my mother first begins talking openly about dying. But you know, Mary, if I got the virus, right? Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it kills me. Yeah. I think I might be a lot better off than going through uh, the death that. uh, I know. I know. I don't want you to go through everything breaking down. Yeah. Neither do I. Maybe I'm 76. I know we had you for another 15 years. <laughs> you think of me. I could never be sick of my mother. It's like every conversation matters now. And this is kind of a big one. I know it would be a better way to go. It I know. Mary. We say that, we don't know what it's like. We couldn't be beside you, Mum. I know. Even in the bleakest moments, my mother can still make me laugh. You know my mobile number, don't you? Fuck off. You're such a bitch. <laughs> Mary, motor on your own. Is it pretty... Horrible death. No, no. I just want every extra day with you that we can get. I but know. I feel like you still have some time in you. You know. Yeah. I know everyone has to lose their parents. You know that. I just don't think it should apply to me. <laughs> I know. I don't think I should get motor neurona. No, you shouldn't get motor neurona. It's the weirdest, Jeez. cruelest most random thing ever. Could you not, like, Isn't it die it? of old age in your sleep? Random. Old soldiers never die. They just fade away. What's that from? What? Where does that come from? No idea. Old soldiers The COVID test is negative, but it's a very worrying time. Global cases set to reach one million as deaths in Spain soar past 10,000. And Margaret's attitude to COVID has changed. She and her husband, Dick, have decided to isolate together in their own home. Let's give it a 
break for a few weeks until the worst is over. This means that the family can't see Margaret and Dick in person for the moment. Mary, I don't want to get it, love. Through. If it wasn't bad enough, ma'am, what you're going through at the moment. I know God tests us. For most of April, like everyone else, the family resort to phone calls, Zoom, WhatsApp. Cherry blossom in the air, cherry blossom on the street, cherry blossom in your hair. Hairdressers are closing down, Daddy said. The calls between Margaret and all her family become a highlight of everyone's day. Mom, I can hear your voice going. Love you, darling. Bye. You later, okay, love you. Bye, bye, Dad. Bye. The children send my mother artwork to cheer her up and she sends them WhatsApp messages back. Even these are your pictures and we love them. And I'd like to put them up on Facebook and in the newspaper and everywhere. Love you. Love you, Aileen. I love them. They're terrific. Keep painting. Bye. Wash your hands. <laughs> For now, caring has to be done from a distance. The problem with motor neuron disease is that it's unpredictable. There's no knowing what will come next. Mary, I, I fell love. I went to go into the porch from the hall and there was a mat there Fuck. and the mat slipped. I wish I could give you a hug. I didn't want to get up. I was in shock, and I just wanted to, I wanted to lie on the floor, Mary, and I wouldn't let you die, help me up. These falls, they're happening more often, and it's really scary because we don't want my mother going into hospital. There's, there's no visiting allowed during COVID. We wouldn't be able to see her. Then Dick rings to say Margaret has fallen again. And they had to call an ambulance. She fell backwards directly onto her head. Oh, she gosh. could have broken arms, backs, everything. But, oh, my God. But anyway, the good news is that the tests are OK. My mother finally agrees to use a walking stick. But it, it's very scary to watch her deteriorating over Zoom and we can't help her at all. Consultations with the Motor Neuron Clinic are by phone. Hi. How are things? I think the progression is very fast. Right, so what's been happening? My voice nearly goes completely and I'm uh, very shaky on my legs. Yeah. And the prognosis isn't good. The test that we did on you when you were in. Yes. Uh, 
uh, we're a little bit down as well. So, you know, we're wondering should we maybe put you on something to help you with breathing? That would be good. My legs drive me crazy at night. It's like there's electric shock inside my legs. I'm jumping and kicking. The um, breathing thing might help that a bit. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, one of the things we do when we put people on a breathing machine is we, we ask the um, the people in, in uh, the sort of symptom management people to get involved as well. This is the first time that palliative care has been mentioned. It's a term I don't fully understand and right now it feels very scary, even though we'll actually come to realise that it's it's about giving quality of life to sick people at various stages of their illness. Okay. Another layer of support, Mark, which would be very useful to have. That's great. Okay, anything else you'd like to ask us? No, I think it's something as soon as I get off the phone. <laughs> okay. It's Margaret and Dick's 55th wedding anniversary. To cheer them up, Mary Elaine and Paula have arranged a visit. Okay. And they celebrate from the garden. Other family members, like Richard, my brother, and his family in Cork, send videos too. That's my Aunt Dipna. She's my mother's youngest sister. I still remember that very special day when you were married. I just can't believe it was 55 years ago. Stay safe and take care of yourselves. Even though I am a terrible singer, I agreed to sing my mother's favourite song. <laughs> I would do anything for love. Imagine they're laughing at this performance today on our phone. Oh, really? Yeah, she's enjoying this immensely. Thank God they gave her something to break the spirits. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad. One strange thing about motor neuron disease is that people can suddenly laugh or cry uncontrollably for no reason and without any notice. Does the crying happen more now? This is the last few days. Maybe just enjoy it. Have a good old shout. When I go to the bridge. <laughs> I just wish I could do something to take it away. I know, love. This too shall pass. Yeah. I'm going to in the shower. Good, Mum. Okay. I get myself together. Even though we have great support, carers and staff from the hospice are amazing. We're getting more worried about my mother. My brother Richard rings my parents every day and then my sister and I, we visit a lot and we talk to my parents from the front garden. So when you when you walk, what does it feel like? Shaky. Shaky. Yeah. Can you lift your feet very well now? Don't try right standing on one foot. Which one? You're very thin. 
You've yeah. lost weight. I have. How much? Do you know what you weigh now? I'm ten and a half. <gasps> You're ten and a half stone? Yeah. Did that shock you? Did you get a secret thrill out of it? <laughs> <laughs> Love you, bye. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I have a key to get in here if one of you kills the other one. In May of 2020, as the restrictions begin to ease, they're finally able to go inside the family home and Richard can travel up from Cork. It couldn't come soon enough because even though Mam is taking medication to try and slow down the disease, it doesn't seem to be working and she's going downhill again. So Grandma, every day, gets a tiny bit sicker. What? This is something I have to explain to my children. How? It's just she has this sickness, a disease, and that's making her weaker. Okay? Uh, I don't like that sort of disease. Neither do I, baby, but do you know what, love? She loves us very much, and we just enjoy Grandma for as long as we have her. Okay? Okay. One day when she goes up to God in heaven, a few weeks later, Mary Elaine and Aveen are on their way to visit Margaret and Dick when the phone rings. Margaret has fallen again. She can't get up and Dick can't lift her on his own. I will help Grandad lift Grandma up, okay, love? You try and make her smile. Does that sound good? Yeah. And, and if she's crying, don't get scared, okay? Okay. okay we're going to run, okay? Okay, look, By some miracle, there's actually nothing broken, but we're worried the next time it might be different. I wouldn't go down that step outside. No. If you give me gold, really, it terrifies me. Oh yeah. Understandably. Yeah. How do you find the step out to the bathroom, Mum? It's getting very hard. It is, isn't it? The house needs to be adapted, so Margaret can have her wish to stay at home. I'm not good at that kind of thing, but my brother and my sister are. Paula has some really good suggestions. If you move the wall, the door that takes you into that little utility room, if you move that door back, it'll give you a ramp. And as soon as you come down that ramp, that's an open plan. Just put a new shower to replace the existing shower. Your toilet's still here. Keep your shower where it is. Just tile the floors and you have a wet room. That's where you're accessible. Yeah. July now, and Margaret and Mary Elaine are back in Beaumont to see the motor neuron team again. So you've had a busy morning. Very <laughs> good. That's good. Had a busy week, haven't we? Um, you have to swallow things, okay? Yes, yeah, sometimes. Tea comes back. Yeah, sometimes. And, and what about dressing? Do you need a bit of help with the dressing? Ah, uh, I can just about manage. And what about turning the bed? Can you manage to turn the bed, the covers and that? No, it's difficult. Can you do it then? My mother likes to be straight yes, and she likes people to be straight in return. 
she often asks the, the awkward questions. How much time? How much time does she have left? Very hard to predict that for us. Uh, it is a little bit fast. It's just they're about to rip the house apart. The bathroom. We're not going to rip the house apart. We're fixing the bathrooms. You need a good quality of life. I agree. The bathroom downstairs. That's probably very sensible. Yeah. Even at this stage. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 I think Mum is kind of saying, "Listen, have I got a couple of months left, or have I probably got longer than that?" We got longer than a couple of months. So you might as well be sure. having a nice bathroom if you're getting the possibility of having a nice bathroom. We'll be checking on Get you. the gold-plated taps. <laughs> it's not quantity, but quality that matters. And so, everything that we do... We make the changes by August, but by then my mother is really struggling to adapt to her new life. Soon, Margaret might not be able to dress, feed herself or speak. She might not even be able to move. We have to keep bringing it back to the fact that obviously we need to keep you and want to keep you at home and keep you safe. That's Victoria, the occupational therapist. And if just moving downstairs allows that to happen, then I really think you do really need to think about it quite soon. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll do that this week. Okay. Just a few months ago, Margaret was working and now she's moving downstairs. It's not what you know of as a bedroom because you saw that as your office room and your piano room and everything yeah. else. And now it doesn't look anything like that. No, and then... Yeah. Her old life, as she calls it, is disappearing very quickly. Yeah. Well, and then me coming in and saying all this stuff obviously isn't helping. Uh, I know what I am. Yeah, you do. I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid of... Living. I'm not afraid to die. I'm afraid of living. All these changes are very hard for my mother to take. And I try to cheer her up by buying her these little gifts. I've just given her a grabber stick to help her pick things up. So, for example, you want to get those, right? Me, I'm actually that. Eh, uh, 5 99 My mum hates people buying things for her. She likes to pay for everything. She's really, really independent. Amazon. Did you use my card? For that? No, yeah. I didn't. I bought a few of the presents. I don't want presents. Why can't I buy you presents? You buy me presents. Maybe this is different. Why? I want my independence. Okay, 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 sorry. It's very difficult to watch someone lose their independence so quickly. Okay, so if I see something that I think you might like that you might not necessarily buy for yourself, I don't want to use your money to buy something that I don't know if you want. Then you can take it back. But you're so nice, you wouldn't say take it back. I'm mean, being nice right now. <laughs> you're being a thundering bitch. <laughs> Mum talks a lot about dying now. I tell her, I'm glad we have time. She says she wishes she'd just keeled over and died one day instead of having to go through this torture. I ask her about her wishes for the future and she tells me that she doesn't believe in euthanasia or suicide. Just let nature take its course. 
And that's when I ask her about sending me a sign when she's gone. Will you haunt me? <laughs> I send you butterflies. <laughs> I'll send you butterflies. The 4th of September 2020 is Margaret's 77th birthday. To celebrate, she and Mary Elaine have a day out in Dublin. They visit the National Gallery, Margaret gets a massage, and they have afternoon tea at the Merrion Hotel. And it's brilliant because for those few hours, we're just a mother and daughter out celebrating her birthday. And even though we don't say it, we both know this is her last. Afterwards, there's a surprise party at home for all the family. Happy birthday to you. Margaret's sisters and family are now able to make regular visits from Belfast. Hello, darling. They talk about the things they've always talked about. Clothes and hair and having the crack. It's just normal conversation which my mother's always really enjoyed. Fashion's always number one with Margaret, that's yep. what I always say. <laughs> Mum loves these visits, even though she can barely speak now. I love your hair, Margaret. A few weeks later, in October, the family's plans to keep Margaret at home are upended when she's admitted to hospital with an infection before being transferred to the hospice. The hospice is lovely and the staff are amazing, but Mum just wants to come home. And so, after three weeks away, she gets her wish. Hiya. We know that we're really lucky to be able to do this. Many families can't bring their loved one home. Oh, God, it's good to see you. You look fabulous, Mum. You're looking really glamorous. Yeah, straight in this. The joy of bringing Margaret home is soon replaced by the reality of looking after someone in the late stages of motor neuron disease. Her voice is almost gone. She can't dress herself. She can't feed herself. In fact, she can only barely move her body. She needs an electric hoist to be moved. OK? Mum, 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 you can't fall, OK? I know it feels awful. I understand that. OK? I understand it feels awful, but you are secure, OK? I know you're not comfortable, but you're secure and you're safe, OK? Yes, around here. It's November and the focus now is on palliative care and keeping Mam at home where she wants to be most. We're starting to have conversations about what's in the coming weeks and months. You tell me, Mam, and I'll try. If I, Dad can't understand you, I might understand yeah. you. Uh-huh. Mam, uh-huh. take, it, take it easy, right? You were able to talk earlier, right? Uh-huh. OK. A long, slow death. A long, uh-huh. slow death. You don't want a long, slow death. I know. Mam's terrified that she won't be able to communicate with us. 
Although the carers and hospice staff help, Margaret now needs round-the-clock care. OK, give me your hand, give me your hand, give me your hand. OK, Dad, Dad. The family have a roster, which includes Paula and Mary Elaine, their brother Richard and Margaret's grandchildren coming from all over the country to help out. Margaret's voice is almost gone. She's using an alphabet board from the hospice to spell out her words, letter by letter. On the rare occasions now where my mother can articulate her feelings, it can be very painful to hear. I pray F-O... F-O-R-4. This is our last proper conversation. You. You. A quick, a quick, a quick. D-E... She tells us she's praying for a quick death. As the weeks go by, Margaret's care needs increase. Then, on the 12th of November, the hospice called to say they're putting Margaret on a morphine driver. I have to tell my father this means Mam only has a few days left, like a week at most. She this morning, so we've just seen her. She is changed colour, her breathing has changed. She's in pain. So they've given her that pump, that's a morphine pump, that's an end-of-stage kind of pump. And for the first time ever, my mother doesn't get out of bed or get dressed today. For the next few days, our family are all in the house together, looking after my mother, and we're waiting for her to pass. And it's absolutely devastating and exhausting. But it's really beautiful and a really special time because we're all together as a family and it's the first time in many years. It's Saturday, okay? It's about lunchtime. And I put some Rod Stewart on the background because I thought you might like it, okay? And Richard and Lucy are here. And Neve is here. And Paul and Kira are here. And, um, yeah, it's raining. <clears throat> It's really miserable outside. OK, the nurse is coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be moved up more in the bed, Mum? Yeah. Yeah. See if she's falling asleep, it's not very often to help. Mum doesn't want it. She was flat, she was different ways. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to get comfortable, isn't it, Mum? Put your thumb up if you're pissed off and frustrated. 
Margaret's two younger sisters, Marie and Dymphna, drive from Belfast to see her. Margaret is Dymphna and Marie, and we're here to see you, darling. And we're awful glad to see you, Margaret. So we are. All we've talked about in the road down, about what the most wonderful sister she is to us. Yeah. That you were all our lives, is that right, Dymphna? Yeah. So lovely. Say we take it off the rosary, Mary. Yeah. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd do without my rosaries, Margaret. No, I'm putting in the same time. Yeah, yeah. And in the name of the Father and of the Son, Son and, the and of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's Saturday night. It stopped raining, and you're in your bed. Okay. Yeah. And Dad's here, and Emma's here, and I'm here, and Richard just outside. Yeah. Yeah, we're here, Mum. We're here, and you're doing great. Mum, I'm gonna get you something, okay? I'm gonna get you something to take just for the anxiety, okay? Uh, Mary's getting something new got my eye. We take turns to stay downstairs with my mother overnight. So tonight, Paul and I will stay up, and the others will get a rest. Well, just tell me you'll see her in the morning. Every night, Dad says good night to Mum. She'll be waiting for you in the morning. She'll be waiting for you in the morning. And he doesn't know if it'll be the last time. See you in the morning, Dan. Everybody loves you. After a rest, Paul and I stay up with her for as long as we can. It's <sighs> feeding nice and warm. Well, that's good. <laughs> Focus on the postures. It's Tuesday now, six days since Margaret was put on a morphine pump. How you doing? Checking Mum's pulse. She's waking less often. It's not racing like it was the other day. No. No. Give her a kiss goodnight. Right now. Tonight my dad is sleeping in a bed at one end of the room and I'm at the other. Sleep well. Have a nice dream. Me too. Mm. Love you. Right, Dad, love you. And I'm squeezed into this tiny hospital bed with Mum. Taking up all the space in the bed, Mum. I'm just, I'm afraid to leave her now. Mm. So I try to sleep, but I, I can't really. You're doing great, Mum. Maybe 4 a.m. You're fine. Mm. You're not too hot. Your nose is a bit cold. Your cheeks are getting cold. We know that she's in her final hours now. I mean, it might be another day or so. Cover you up a bit, okay? Keep you warm. I don't like that at all. I finally managed to doze off beside Mam, and I sleep until my father wakes me. Good, um, 7.29. You check her, will you? There's a tiny pulse. Where? I don't know, but she's so warm. And then we realise she's got me. No, guys, she's resting. She's resting. She's fine. She's, she's gone. She's so warm. She would be. Tell me, she would be warm for a while. She, 
Nothing prepares you for it. Not really. The family gather round Margaret's bedside. I don't believe in that, pal. But she's released from misery. Thank God. It's okay. Dad and Mary was there beside her. She got? Yeah. 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 She went peacefully. Yeah. She won't break it. She's still warm. I don't know. Oh, sorry, Walters. She went peacefully. Thanks be to God. A nurse from St. Francis Hospice comes over to help the family prepare Margaret for when the undertakers arrive. Yeah, yeah so you've got to find it very, very different. Yeah, very different, very different. But take your time, slow it down. She's yeah. home where she wants it to be. Yeah. yeah. So that's your gift to her. And then the send-off. Good morning, everybody. You're all very welcome to the Church of St. Peter and Paul here in Baldoyle this morning. She did send me butterflies. A few hours after she passes, I get an email with the word butterflies in the subject line. We are gathered here this morning for the funeral mass of the late Margaret Tyne. Just over a year after her first symptoms and eight months after being diagnosed with motor neuron disease, on the 18th of November 2020, Margaret Tynan, Nee Kieran, passed away at home, surrounded by her husband Dick and her loving family. Good morning, everyone. Um, on behalf of our family, thank you so much for coming. For the people here in the church, for the people standing outside, and for the people looking on YouTube. Um, and I think my mother would get a great kick out of knowing that she's now a YouTuber. Last question. If you could talk to yourself, what advice would you give to yourself? Eight years old. Mm. Oh, eight years old. Um, love yourself. Know how special you are. Know how precious you are. I know how much God loves you. The documentary on one, I'll Send You Butterflies, was narrated and produced by Mary Elaine Tynan and Tim Desmond. Additional recordings were by Rob Trelore and Brian Kieran. Special thanks go to Margaret and Dick Tynan and the Tynan and Kieran families for making this documentary possible. If you wish to join the social media conversation around this documentary, simply tweet us at RTE Doc on one. Comment on the Documentary on One Facebook page or Instagram and use the hashtag DocOnOne on any social media platform. If you were affected by any of the issues in the documentary, you can contact the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association at imnda.ie or the Irish Hospice Foundation 
at hospicefoundation.ie. Thank you for listening.